2: Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com, rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Yes, sir. Watching those motivational videos from The Rock and rick Flair, ready to get it cranked up on a Friday morning. Woo! <gasps> yes, sir. Needed some of that artificial intelligence. And inspiration this morning, I walked in my house. I was showing Matt on the ring. I was going back through the overnight to make sure I always go back from a security standpoint to make sure nobody was on my property in the overnight while I was getting my three hours, 20 minutes of sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I walked in my house at 1245 last night. So I need a little rock, a little Ric Flair to get it going here on a Friday morning. Wait a second. No! How did you only get three hours and 20 minutes I was being facetious. I did. Oh. I, I, I actually... Got like six okay. plus. Okay. A little over six. I was getting so that, worried about you. That's a little better than average. Let me tell you
3: something. You just played a hilarious rock bit. Absolutely. Uh that I didn't remember until you played it. A, a song, a special song about Stephanie McMahon. Happy birthday, Stephanie McMahon. I mean, just the greatest entertainer of all time. Take just a break like, from wh-
1: your hooking. <laughs> If you smell what the rock is cooking. There
3: there was one other line that was absolutely accurate. Absolutely,
1: but but we're going to leave that out of this family program. There was. There was. Still got some kids that are with their parents in the car headed to school today. It's only nine four on a Friday. Although
3: you just said take a break from your book.
1: That's all right. Kids can, their uh, father can say, hey. Stephanie McMahon was hooking hockey players and yes, going to the was. penalty box She was hooking for two them up. minutes. She was hooking them up. Like Absolutely. last night, Penguins uh, calling for a hooking, Happened? beneficial to the Capitals early. I, oh no, bang. And then, as you know. look, last night in the third period, watching this as I'm calling races at Rosecroft, mm. incredible goaltending last night. Kemper and DeSmith were fabulous on each side last night. You know, you're thinking low-scoring game. This is like Caps 24 shots, Penguins 21. No, both teams are plus 35 in that category. Washington, I think, ended up around 44 before it was all over, said and done. Even had a four-on-three in the overtime uh, and just kept peppering DeSmith and DeSmith just kept saying, no, you're not scoring on me. Not here. Not now. And it eventually goes to a shootout. But I heard our little bearded buddy say this yesterday, and it really made me think. Best rivalry involving a local team right now, Caps-Penguins. And last night, those two teams reminded us why Mm -hmm. that is such a great and intense rivalry still. It's more than just Ovi and Sid, of course, which is the leading percentage of it and why we talk about it a lot. But those two teams, Chris... F- f- rarely fail to deliver when they play each other, and last night, another epic game between these two great Eastern Conference rivals.
3: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I imagine it would have been fun if you were <clears throat> uh, on the glass oh. uh, at Capital One Arena, uh, like uh, said uh, friend <laughs> was, uh, and uh, he's never invited uh, a- anyone. Um, so anyway, uh, good for him. um and uh, that was I, – I, I will tell you this. I, I had a couple of other friends that went to the game and sat third row. And they don't go a lot. And they said it was a phenomenal atmosphere. And I know Darcy Kemper, right after the game, I believe, with Al Koken on the bench when they went back after the you know during the postgame, said right away, this is his first introduction into – and this is a guy who just won a Stanley Cup – First introduction into Caps-Penguins, it felt like a playoff game. And from the get-go last night, the Capitals played like their hair was on fire. They played like it was a playoff intensity, like it was a must-win game. And guess what, boys and girls? January 27th? It was. Mm -hmm. It was a must-win. Because they came in tied with the Penguins for the final two playoff spots in terms of points but three games in hand did the Penguins have. So even though the Penguins got a point last night, the Capitals getting two and not losing in a shootout, not losing in overtime, certainly not losing in regulation, even if you outplayed the opponent like they did in Denver on Tuesday night, all of that added up to a just, One of those nights that this city has become accustomed to over the last 13 years that happens several times a year, and maybe more than several times a year depending on the year that we're talking about, that happens in that building that doesn't happen, I don't want to say for any other team ever, but it doesn't happen anywhere close to enough for any other team in this area. And that means college pro, that's not just a, you know, a slam or whatever on the commanders. That means the Nationals, that means the Wizards, that means certainly Georgetown, that means Maryland, that means D.C. United, Washington Spirit. Bottom line, the energy, the atmosphere, the intensity, the quality a play back and forth on both sides and the end result combined for a perfect, a perfect Thursday night.
1: Yeah, I mean, and again, we're talking about a a smaller percentage of folk overall uh, that in terms of, you know, fan base. But it's the one fan base that shows up and pretty much sells out its building every night. The Wizards don't sell out the building right. every night. Um, nor is there reason to, quite honestly. Oh no, of course. And and like to this extent, who is their rival? Who is their rival? The Wizards? Yeah. I guess it would be the, the, the I Right, guess exactly. Exactly? No. 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 I guess. There isn't one. Yeah. And here's why. Why has the Washington Pittsburgh rivalry grown? Okay? Let's let's go be let's go beyond the obvious. Ovechkin Crosby. Okay, let's go beyond that. Mm-hmm. Why has that this is why We talk about Dallas and and, and Washington in football, okay? For years, in the 70s and 80s in particular, those two teams were always, always in the middle Mm -hmm. of the NFC playoff race. Mm -hmm. We talked about the 72 championship game, Washington clubbing Dallas 26-3. We talk about the 82 title game when Washington went to the Super Bowl, Daryl Grant putting the... Uh, finishing touches on a 31-17 victory over the Cowboys, 1979, and, and to this day, whenever I see Roger Staubach, I remind him of how he broke my heart as a kid. John Riggins sprints, I think 65 yards, 70 yards for a touchdown, four minutes to go. Washington's up 34-21, and it looks like the Redskins are going to the playoffs. Roger Staubach twice in the final three and a half minutes to Tony Hill. Beats Washington 35-34. So not only did Washington not win the game, they didn't go to the playoffs either because of a 42-6 shellacking earlier in the day. So it was a double whammy. But that's what made the Washington-Dallas rivalry so good in the 70s and 80s is both teams are usually competing for something. The Penguins and Capitals are always competing mm-hmm. for something. They've always seemingly crossed each other's paths for years during the Ovechkin-Crosby era. In the postseason. Yes. So there's always been high stakes on the line between those two teams. So of late, outside, I guess, of their division rivals, who's the commander's rival right now? There hasn't been one because they haven't been consistently good enough against other teams to meet them in the playoffs consistently mm-hmm. to have that. Seattle the Wizards, was there for a little bit, but yeah, then that faded. Right. The the Wizards don't compete enough over a long period of time mm-hmm. to have that uh, rivalry situation for years it used to be dc united and the red bulls it used to be great intensity when both teams played right. uh at each other's homes the
3: wizards had a little something cooking with cleveland when
1: lebron was there the first time right yes because you had and you had gill Gil and antoine jameson right? and those guys because at that time we actually thought the wizards look this right. is the group that's right. going to get the wizards back to right you know, civilization here right. as a constant contender in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And unfortunately that fell apart uh, for reasons that you really can't blame Wizards management for. They had nothing to do with that. Right. And and that's when it really thought like it was uh, headed in the right direction in the Eastern Conference. And, of course, for the Nationals, while they had been good over a 10-year period, mm-hmm. sure, when they're playing the Mets, the Phillies, the Braves – the place was jumping, and and it really meant something. And it, I believe in, in a small way, because Bryce and now Trey Turner will be with Philadelphia, I believe that has the potential to be yeah. something if the Nationals can get back to winning ways. Shout out to Mike and Jody Rizzo, by the way, on the birth of their new son, Sonny. So congratulations to them on a mm-hmm. beautiful, healthy baby. So, if Mike can get the roster back to a competitive level, that has the potential to be the rivalry because of the personalities involved. Just like Ovi Crosby here, because Harper's on Philadelphia, now Turner's on Philadelphia, that has potential for them. But when you look around the city right now amongst our sports teams, this is the only legitimate, every time they play, rivalries that's going in this city, well, right? Well, and you now.
3: mentioned the postseason history, obviously you can't ignore much and of it. isn't that really what really drives yeah. Because if you look a rivalry I mean if you look at Ohio State, Michigan, which is arguably considered the best rivalry in sports, certainly in college football, they don't meet in the postseason, but they meet essentially Again, the final game of the regular season, if you will, and it usually determines now a spot into the BCS playoffs, and sometimes both teams get in, a la, you know, what happened this year. Um, but, but for, but for a while, basically, that Michigan Ohio State game determined which team was, A, going to go to the Big Ten championship, and, B, which team was going to play in the Rose Bowl and 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 whatnot. So there was always that tinge of playoff atmosphere to that game, to that rivalry, right, the team up north, what have you. Yankees, Red Sox, think about it this way. They met in the epic 2004 comeback for the Red Sox, obviously the Boone walk-off home run, Aaron Boone, uh with the walk-off home run off of Charlie Wakefield, uh all high off the Tim Wakefield. Know, Tim Wakefield, yeah. I'm sorry. Um Charlie Wakefield? Who was Charlie Wakefield? I have no idea.
1: Charlie Kerfield. Charlie Kerfield,
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, here's, but, but here's but the thing, but, but, though, but, but even but, with that.
1: Even with that though, Because those two teams are always competing for the American League East all the time. Here's the problem with that compared to
3: Caps-Penguins for us, okay, and nationally and what have you. And you hear this a lot, and it's true. The Yankees and Red Sox have had some epic, epic, epic postseason battles. They meet 18 or 19 times in the regular season. And five times a year, Sunday Night Baseball puts them Mm -hmm. on ESPN, and everybody gets tired of it because it's too much. Caps Penguins meet what four times during the regular yeah, season? well, I mean,
1: baseball's a different sport. Because no, of the I understand that. I understand, but, but I'm just
3: saying if this is why last night, besides the epic result, why it felt fresh. Then you get, then you get a great regulation game. a Couple of late third period goals. Johansson ripping one. By the way. How freaking good! I, so I was so wrong. Hello, I'm wrong. Many of I you, apologize. Look, many people, I'm sorry. Many
1: Capitals fans on Twitter feel the exact same way. I saw so many tweets last night about yep. that. About how people were like, "Wow, I for the boy, you talk about for the contract he's on and the value he's brought to the club." Marcus Johansson right. has far outplayed. The expectations that I think anybody had for him upon his return here to the team. But he was not good for them down the stretch uh, last year. Uh, the, I
3: was shocked that correct. they re-signed him. So that's where I'm raising my hand and saying, Brian
1: McClellan knows more you, than me. You have, you, you're again, because of your cap situation, you've got to go get people that can, that can will play on cap-friendly deals. Absolutely. And certainly Johansson was willing uh, to fair, do that.
3: Fair. Good point. Anyway, I was wrong. Um, apparently so were a lot of others. Um, about Mojo. Then, um, who was it? Brian Rust? Uh, was it Ru- yeah, Rust with the game-tying goal. That was a nasty shot. Uh, top shelf where Mama Huds, the cookies, bing, bang, boom, in and out. And then you have this power play in overtime Gino Malkin trips up uh TJ Oshie and f- at first you're worried about TJ who er- earlier in the game got knocked around by blocking a shot really hard off his skate boot and you're like oh my god oh my god oh my god especially because after what happened to
1: Tom Wilson it, getting hit by a puck exactly the other night.
3: and then they have the power play and they are dominating play and they can't get a game-winning goal in overtime and you're just kind of felt like, oh man, they're going to lose this. They're going to not get the second point. Something weird's going to happen here. Cosby's going to come in on a breakaway. Whatever. Or they're going to lose in the shootout. And they go down one nothing in the shootout. And then Kuznetsov does his 23-gun salute back and forth, 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 back and forth. Back and forth. Yo, diddle diddle. And then he scores. And then... um uh uh, I think Kemper made made a save on the next one, or maybe Pittsburgh w- went w- and then Backstrom comes in with a nasty little uh snapshot. And then we have the final call from John Walton, I believe, right? here, uh it was from one oh six seven, the fan last night, but you had mentioned his signature good night call uh yesterday, so I thought it would be a good chance for us to kind of revel. And saying good night to the
1: bastards from Pittsburgh. Here comes Eddie Malkin with a game on his stick. He'll go to the right, cut into the right circle to the middle, and he missed the net. And that's it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. The Capitals pull one out of the fire and take down the Penguins. Final score: three to two. When you say that, I'm always concerned that you're going to say pulls one out of there, you know where. They're tuckish in the in the enthusiasm <gasps> of the victory last night. But again, if you're Malkin there, I mean, you got to at least put it on net. I mean, yeah. you've got to make Kemper make a save. Yeah. In, in that situation, to me, that's the most frustrating part of any uh, shootout situation is when a player shooting just misses the net altogether. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's tough enough to get it past because these goalies are as big as they've ever been. They take up a good portion of the net. You really got to be precise if you're going to beat them. But you at least got to make them make a save.
3: But most of the time that's because you're targeting one specific area mm-hmm. and therefore and when proceed, whether a, it be on scouting You got to have or, an
1: alternative when they take right. all of a sudden take away your spot. Right. Uh, now, the Caps
3: may have gotten screwed earlier in the shootout. It was Oshie that opened it up and... He initially got saved, but the puck and Locker pointed this out on the broadcast uh, because it was tough to see. The puck appeared to trickle through Casey DeSmith's pads, who, by the way, is the backup goaltender for Pittsburgh because Tristan Jarry, their starter, is going to be out for the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's the next couple of weeks. Um, And the Caps may have gotten – so that's – that was – where I was like, oh, they're going to lose this extra point. And as a, as a result, obviously, again, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, back-to-back, great. Uh, you mentioned Malkin, as we just heard there from John, on the Caps Radio Network in 106.7. The Caps now take a one-point le- Listen, it's still early. We still have 30 games left.
1: So this is nothing. Yeah, but when you have Big games picture. in hand, when the other team has exactly. games in hand against you, and you have a chance to affect things at least head to head, and you get yes. two points last night, yes. So, and here's the other thing, real quick: Buffalo,
3: which is chasing hard too, Buffalo is now only two points behind Pittsburgh and three behind Washington after last night. Buffalo has won five in a row. And they have three games in hand on the Caps as well. The Caps have played the most amount of games in the NHL, 51, so far on the year. Uh, Several other teams at 50, they have played the most amount of games at 51 than any other team. So everyone that is chasing, and most notably Pittsburgh and Buffalo, at 57 points and 55 points, um have 3 games in hand on the Capitals. Now, Buffalo and the Capitals have the same amount of wins. Uh Pittsburgh has 24 wins, Washington Buffalo with 26 wins. Uh so and and then the regulation wins is important as well. Washington has uh, 21 of those. Buffalo only has 19. So while Buffalo has the same amount of wins, Uh, Washington has more regulation wins. And, again, it's early to be breaking down playoff chases. But, to your point, it helps you down the road not only in terms of the points because sometimes these things are decided literally by one point, two points, what have you, but it's also very important in terms of tiebreakers, right? Now, one last thing. You you might be saying, oh, I I mean, they've got to avoid the eighth spot and whatever in Boston. Yeah, yeah. That's another part. Yeah, of but this. you know
1: what though? Just you, you just got to get in. I mean, you I know. just got to get in, especially with, especially with the fact that you played so many games before January one without Backstrom, without Wilson, without yeah. Oshie, and now without now Wilson without, and, and Carlson now without Wilson again. and Carlson again. No just Haglund get in all year, no doubt. Just get in somehow, yeah. right? Play. I mean, last night you play, right? You play your arch rival in, a, in what amounts to like a playoff game, mm-hmm. and one of the key guys to an important line is not there. Nick Dowd. Uh, Dowd's a guy that it's not only right. is Nick great against the top line for the other oh, team, he's tremendous, but he's Face gigantic offs. on yeah. face-offs, penalty for kill. You. Yes, I, I mean, mean he I mean, does th- so many of those intangible things. They're for They're missing you. Dowd, Wilson,
3: Dowd, Wilson, Carlson. And don't forget Carl Haglin. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, like Carl Haglin's not like a major, major piece, but on the penalty kill and with speed right. on the fourth line and energy. Yeah. You know, when maybe you're lagging a
1: little bit. I, anyway, and in a game against a veteran team like yeah. that, that that savviness that you need sometimes. From a player with experience in a game like that, also, uh, you end up missing in a situation like that. He usually
3: plays good against Pittsburgh, too, one of his former teams. They had 21 or 22 shots on net in the first period. Pittsburgh obviously woke up a little bit in the second, Pete, but they only had the one goal to show for it, but that may have been their best period I've seen in a long time. Probably. Yeah, I mean, you could say that. I think (laughs) Laviolette said essentially the same thing after the game.
1: But, But, I mean, uh, again, goaltending last night, and again... Kemper had to be great because the Smith was being great yeah. at the other end. Yep. So some nights that doesn't happen. But when the goalie at the other end is being great, you've got to do that. And Darcy Kemper did that. And how about this? The first month of the season, month and a half, we were all saying, hey, maybe Charlie Lindgren needs to be the number one here in Washington based yep. on how he was playing. R.C. Kemper has settled in nicely and is providing you with number one type goaltending right now.
3: Quick shout out before the break to our guy Ross Rudder. Says, uh, hey guys on the road, good hearing you guys this morning. Let's go Caps. Absolutely, if you want to talk about the Caps. 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. It was a huge win despite it being
1: a Thursday night in late January. Shout out to my guy Russ Myers listening in live with the Odyssey app from New York this morning as well. New York. 301-230-0980. Steve Wilkes is pissed off. We'll tell you why next right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. The one thing again that occurred in this game last night was another goal by this man. Giving it back to Orlov. He'll skate up top across to Old He scores! Alex Ovechkin low to the ice short side with a power play goal. 32nd of the season. 812 in his NHL career. It's one
2: nothing. Washington.
1: The OV Chase brought to you by Main Street Bank, Cheer Local, Bank Local. Put their team in your office. Visit MStreetBank.com for more information. That's just number 812 for Alexander Bechkin, who has 32 goals, Chris. 32. Who had the uh, pass on
3: that? Uh, was it Strom? I can't remember. Um. I have to l- look
1: it up. Who passed? Matt, do me a favor. Do you have the call? Bring it up again. Giving it back to Orlov. He'll speed oh, up Orlov. top across to Ovechkin. Okay. He scores! I missed that. Alex Ovechkin, low to the ice, short side, with a power play goal.
3: My bad. I missed Dimitri that. Dimitri O oh, with um, the assist. Strome has had so many assists and so many nice Strome's setups. has been and, terrific. For and that, what have right. you. So uh, that's what I was, I was kind of thinking. Um. The, real quickly, the one thing that struck me about this goal, much like the other night um, in uh, Denver, it was the lower part of the face-off circle. Like, Alex is so not... An even more severe angle. Right. He's not just... That's two in a row now from the lower... Like, think about it this way. South of the face-off dot. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. In the face-off circle, in the quote-unquote OV office but lower and closer to the goal line, and like you said, at a sharper angle. Maybe not a worse angle, but a sharper angle for sure. Um, so now he's, again, small sample size, but now he's starting to move around in in that face-off circle and get you from other spots than your traditional, typical office delivery. Yeah, and, and you
1: know oh. what? I, I think he has to. Yeah. I, I think that's the challenge of being a great school, goal yeah. scorer as – is, is being able to score from a Correct. lot of places. I mean, we see Correct. him going to the net quite a bit. Correct. You know, at, at times. So, I mean, that that's, the, that's what great, it's just like great scores in basketball can score from anywhere on the floor. Correct. You know, teams are naturally going to gravitate when you're on the ice mm-hmm. to that side mm-hmm. playing you over there. It's just like when we talk about basketball play a guy who was offhand. You know, guy's right handed. You let him go right handed five times in a row. He goes to the basket, and dunks on your nose, and puts you on a poster. Make him go left once in a while. Well, teams want to keep him from shooting over there. So Alex starts to move around. He'll float in front of the net, looking for tips, looking for, you know, poaches on rebounds and stuff like that. That's why he scored 812. Goals.
3: You'd also think it would be a little bit easier, a little bit easier now with all the tape, all the analytics, all of the just everything to shut down that pass. And yet
1: they. I Can't. don't want to say
3: never do, but they they, they don't do it right. regularly. They
1: rarely do. I mean, That's exactly right.
3: And whether it comes from Carlson when he's healthy, or Orlov last night, or Strom or Backy off the half wall, or Osh or whoever, they never. I don't want to say never. They 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 seem to struggle just shutting down that pass mm-hmm. and that and that pathway. Uh, one other um, uh, quick thing that I just before we go on to Steve Wilkes. What did you make out of this screaming Weagle in uh, jersey debut for the outdoor game in Raleigh? I, I, look, it looks like
1: it's a uh, pretty spiffy jersey. I, I thought it was a cool look. It's always meant to be different, yes. So I think it meets all the requirements. It's fairly clean, correct, and it is a different look. To your point, it's the same colors. Right. It's you know but they, again, it's a it's a unique look yes. for a unique game. That's and, what you're looking for. Unfortunately, and, if what Tailgate Ted is correct, uh-huh. and it's going to cost you a buck ninety to get one, Ooh. that kind of puts me out of the yeah.
3: I mean, yeah. well, you you make all the big bucks. You have not, you know. Dude, like, why do you think I work like sixty five jobs? I don't know how you. I don't know how you you work all the amount of jobs
1: that you have in Utah. Uh, uh, buck ninety for a hockey jersey <laughs> is just not in the budget. Well, I mean. I mean, but you- but look, for, look, there's going to be a bunch of Capitals fans running around the city soon wearing those, yeah. those jerseys. Yeah. So, oh, more I bet power you I bet you. you a
3: bunch sold last night.
1: Oh, absolutely.
3: I mean, you know, But that's like, what I like about that game though. I guess you don't game, have to though. get an authentic one, That's right? what I
1: like about that game though is it do- it's just like with the Army Navy game. We always wear unique uniforms mm-hmm. for the Army Navy game. Um How and- do those sell? Awesome, right? I, I was going to say, I Phenomenal. figured. In fact, what it inspires the other night up at Bucknell, we in basketball, we wore the basketball version of ah. the blue fly navy uniform from the game a couple of seasons ago because it's it's such an awesome uniform that guys want to wear. And they're like, hey, right. let's wear that right. up there. It's a great combination. Right. So, so that's when what Navy I like.
3: comes out with all the different uniforms mm-hmm. on a yearly. basis, Basis for Just like again, today, I'm wearing the NASA collection right, hoodie, right? Which was the from theme this year, right? Um, is and maybe I'm missing it. Is there ever like consternation among the uh, among the supporters that is eh, that's not a great? I think, uh, or again, is it always positive and the, successful? The
1: football look at the Naval Academy is so traditional with the gold helmet, the blue mm-hmm. shirt, the you know, gold pants, there's about two percent. 2% of the populace that goes, oh, I wish we'd wear the traditional gold helmets, uh, blue shirts, and the uh, gold pants. Uh, that's about it. Okay. The other 98% is like, yes, this is a rocking clean uniform. We like it. When this came
3: out yesterday, towards the end of our show, I, I don't reading remember. your
1: face a little bit, I noticed, I sensed a sense of hesitation for you. Yesterday or today? Just now.
3: Um, when you were asking me about the uniform, well, because you know I'm not a big uniform guy. I don't. I generally don't care about this.
0: I,
1: I mean, I'll, I'll, the, I'll never buy For it. the it's not like the it's not like the th- you know the third uniform they wear at home like seven Fair. or eight times. This is such a unique game that both teams. It's not like the Capitals are just doing. I it. thought the Carolina Hurricanes one was remarkably
3: average and the same as what they normally wear. Not exactly. I mean, there was some difference. Yeah, but you know what? But but this one looks a little bit different than
1: what the Capitals wear. That game and those uniforms are meant to do one thing. So. Market the team and hockey. Yes. And both accomplish exactly what they're trying to do.
3: I would would say that these are my guess, based on some reaction that I saw yesterday. And again, I, I don't pay attention. I mean... Like, there are people that just, like, go crazy over this stuff. I don't. But my guess would be that they sold a bunch last night, and one, and two, that this will be a very popular look.
1: Just uh, just like we did earlier this week, we had two full hours of Wizards calls, because we told you if you call in and you talk about the Wizards when we're talking about it, we'll take your calls. Got a couple of Caps calls here. Let's go to line two. AP's in Greenbelt wants to talk about the Caps. What's up, AP?
4: Hey, Pete. Russ, what's going on? What's up, baby? Hey, man. One thing I got to say is no matter how much you scout for it, no matter how much tape you watch, when Obi's in his office, man, it's like no matter what, you just can't stop it. Like, I looked at that goal yesterday, man. I was like, ain't no way they're going to leave him over. They should know by now that Obi's going to be in his office every power play and that you need to be on him. Like, you need to put a body on him. You need to put a stick on him. And you need to make sure, no matter what, I don't care how the capital score on the power play, it can't be Ovi from the office. And no matter what, that little millisecond, that little bit of time that you left him open, that's all he needs, man. It's just, it's just amazing how no matter how much you scout, no matter how much studying you do, you just can't stop it and then, Soon as the puck gets on his stick, man, it's just it's, it's exploding off the stick, man. It's like the goalie just has no chance, back in the net every time. But um, I just hope, man, like you know, it's always getting older, man. It's like every time, every year, man, his hair is just getting gray and gray, <laughs> and gray. Like, man, can we just get this man one more Stanley Cup? I know he's going to get the record, but I don't want him to just be remembered for the record. I want him to be remembered for, you know, getting. You know some Stanley Cups because I mean, no matter what, when it matters the most, what do you play this game for? You play it for the Stanley Cup, and you know whether we like it or not, did the kid, he's got you know I think three, three up on Ovi to his one. So you know, I just hope, like man, we can we can make the last few years he has left, you know, just more relevant. Appreciate AP, you guys.
1: Appreciate it. Uh, part of the part of the issue is Ovi's success and the salary that commands it. Uh, you know hamstrings you with the way the NHL cap is from, you know, you have to really be, you can't miss. You can't miss on drafts. You can't miss on free agent signings. And if you do, it has you chasing the way the Capitals are right now overall from a roster construction standpoint. When you have injuries, you don't have necessarily the wherewithal right now because I think they thought they'd get more from a Connor McMichael. So when a Nicholas Backstrom was out, you know, you well, would they hope, thought
3: they thought they you, would. Too. You thought they
1: would have somebody like McMichael yeah. that would be at this by this time. You know, easily stepping in and being able to play at a, a solid level of hockey. And that just hasn't happened as of yet. So, you know, part of Ovechkin's success and missing a little bit on some draft picks in terms of their production. That's why you're in the situation uh, ultimately uh, that you're in right now. Let's go to line one. Jeff wants to talk about the Caps as well. What's up, Jeff? What's going on, boys? How Jeff. are you? I, I was
0: telling Matt, COVID sucked all the wind out of my sails on absolutely hating the Penguins. But last night was just awesome. So I you know, it it's it never hurts beating those guys.
1: No, and you know, the ironic thing too is where would Alexander Ovechkin be if the man games lost to COVID uh had been played? I mean, he's probably somewhere around eight thirty, uh at minimum somewhere in that rent district uh, right now. So he'd even be closer uh, to the set goal that he's trying to achieve uh, right now. So that's the other thing about uh, that that COVID kind of zapped. I mean, look, COVID kind of zapped everything. It kind of made us reevaluate, you know, life's priorities a little bit. And coming away from that, where businesses are, are hurting and people are hurting, and it it, it just it kind of zapped a little bit of everything. And we're just starting to finally... Uh, in my opinion, start to get back into those realms of mindset before in our sports fanhood where, you know, there was some vitriol uh, toward those other teams, just as Chris and I detailed in the first segment, uh, that is the Caps-Penguins rivalry.
0: Yeah, we've been so, I mean, watching the Ovi-Crosby rivalry over the years, no matter what you think of Crosby or how much you hate him, has just been gold. So we, we've been very lucky, definitely. Um, Chris, I'm heading to the airport in about a couple hours, going to Cincy this weekend, not going to KC. Um, wait, what,
3: um, wait, what am I missing here? Why are you going to Cincy? To, just to watch just, games just, with Bengals fans?
0: Just to be in the environment. Oh, and wow. I'm, I'm also afraid if I ever go to Kansas City and run into Mahomes' little brother, I might be in jail for the
1: rest of my life
3: <laughs> <laughs> well that is one huge reason why everyone should be rooting now, against say, you the know Kansas. the i have H- not
1: H- seen a lot from him oh, lately. oh he
3: is oh, t- he, he
0: is a you show. haven't been looking yeah. you have and the wife and the wife too. she's really so, annoying
3: too she now she's yeah. not as annoying as he is but they're both really annoying and it makes yeah. you like your it makes your skin crawl quite honestly now, i'll be I'll be Are you going game, to that probably. famous bar that they all go to, that Zach Taylor, I, I, I saw, uh, who was the offensive lineman that I saw last Sunday night uh, when they got back from Buffalo, That uh, where Zach Taylor oh, went a couple of times last year, there. do you go there?
0: Yeah, I've, I've been to most of those, I mean, I, I moved away a long time ago, but I, I've I've gone to a fair amount of those places, some of them have opened since I've left town, but, um, I'm, you know, tomorrow I'm going to take in the atmosphere downtown, and even Sunday. Uh, Sunday I'm going to watch the game in the exact same spot I was last year. I'll guarantee you that. And I love – my favorite bet on the game this weekend is overtime at plus 800. That I, I, you know, I, I think the Bengals are going to control the ball, and it might end up being 27-10 like it was against Buffalo. Uh, the Pacheco guy scares me, but it, it, I, I just think it's going to be a great game to watch.
3: I think uh, the 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 interesting thing for me is going to be how Lou Anarumo plays this because you would think right again you can't over pressure over blitz Mahomes because Mahomes will break you down with Kelsey and you know McKinnon and what pick your receiver Kadarius Tony whoever if you blitz him. That's not. That's how they tried to play that game in the first half last year, and they were getting run off the floor. And then as soon as Anarumo cranked up the pressure, especially on third down, and now he's on a bum ankle. R- regardless of practice status, regardless of what they say, he doesn't have the same mobility. I hope, I think, Anarumo is going to blitz them yes, and blitz him early.
1: Him. Go I, get him.
0: I think. I think early they are, but, you know, if, the formula in the past has been rush three, drop eight, spy Hendrickson on the homes, and double-cover Kelsey with Trey Flowers. And you're right. It's going to be awfully cold. It might be a little bit windy. Let's see just how mobile he is at the start of the game. And then is uh, the king of the halftime adjustments. So I, I, I feel pretty confident, really.
1: Jeff, appreciate you, man. Enjoy the game. Good luck to your Bengals. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Peace. Have a great Safe weekend. Travels. You got it. Three one two three zero zero nine eighty. 0980. Steve Wilkes angry. Does he have a case? We'll talk about that next, right here on the Team 980 streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Chris, tells us what's trending.
3: yeah more coming up on this Wilkes after not getting the Carolina Panthers uh job uh, Frank Wright got it yesterday after we went off the air uh admitted this morning uh in a interview, That he is disappointed but not defeated. He, of course, was a big part of the Brian Flores lawsuit alleging racial discrimination hiring in the NFL last year. And, again, his attorney releasing a strongly worded statement saying that there is a legitimate race problem in the NFL. Our thoughts on that coming up. Uh. And more along with Championship Weekend. We were just talking about the Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the night game. First up, San Francisco heading to Philadelphia. And the Eagles, Lincoln Financial Field right around 3 o'clock on Sunday. Of course, we are the home of Super Bowl 58 from Arizona coming up in a couple of weeks. All right. Meanwhile, the Caps, of course, with a big win, they'll have a practice a little bit later on. Still no word on Tom Wilson. uh, Wizards, winners of four in a row, they're off to New Orleans. They will play there tomorrow night. Uh, And one final note that we wanted to bring you uh, is actually we're going to, oh, there it is, Uh, Billy Pack. Longtime CBS college basketball analyst has passed away, according to his family and his son, Mark Packer. And that's what's trending.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Steve Wilkes gets passed over for Frank Reich in Carolina. He and his agent not real thrilled about it. And I think think Carolina can hire Frank Reich, and I think Steve Wilkes can be mad, and I think both sides can be right here in this individual case. Certainly a delicate situation as African-American coaches pursue opportunities as head coaches. It certainly seems as if we can get them hired as coordinators now. But even the guys that are successful as coordinators, Wilks was as a D.C. D'Amico Ryans currently is as a D.C., most notable. Um, But yet Wilks, who took over an impossible situation as an interim coach and actually had some success with it, Mm -hmm. gets passed over here in this situation in Carolina. Let's let's look at it first. Hiring Reich over Wilks is... Is the hiring of Reich individually here a, a, an issue because if you look at their resumes, Reich's resume as a head coach far outweighs what Wilkes has accomplished as a head right. coach. Granted, Steve did it out in Arizona, which is a chaotic right. organization. Along he went three the and the NRMHC, thirteen thing, you know. and they look terrible doing it. Right. Okay. But second time around, different organization mm-hmm. clearly was doing some good things with a Carolina team and an organization that not only has he worked for once, but right. twice, this guy's given, came back and worked for you a second time. Right. And you still don't see enough for, I don't want to say it's loyalty on Wilkes's part. Cause the coach is always going to look for a job. If it happens to be in Carolina, they're going to take it there. But it's not as if Carolina passed him over for Nathaniel Hackett, uh some neophyte. Well, well, he, here's you your know. better
3: argument. Okay, and here's Steve Wilkes's better argument, and this is where I was just blown away by the statement from his lawyer. And and, and by the way, is his lawyer not his agent? Right, but I have no problem with. Uh, I have no I problem with I what did. his lawyer said. Uh, I did. I had a major problem. You can't do that when they hire Frank Reich, a guy who lives in the Charlotte area, a guy who has been a successful head coach, a successful offensive coordinator. Okay. Uh, a, a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator who was the first quarterback in Carolina Panthers history who again has unfairly, fairly, whatever a better head coaching resume than you do. Okay? You cannot you cannot accuse racism, yeah, but Steve, in that spot, right. he, But le, Steve but, but let me, can't say that because then Steve comes across. Well, Steve did say it because his lawyer right. he authorized his lawyers to say it. And he that. is a part of the Brian that. Flores but the, lawsuit. Here is the as problem.
1: Well. Here is the problem for both Steve and Brian. They because there is this perception now that they're the angry black man out there. Yeah, you are going to have owners that are now because there. I mean, there is some scuttle, but Brian could be. Uh, considered here by Arizona for their head coaching right. position, but because they come across as the angry black man in that situation, there's going to be an owner or two that are going to be highly uncomfortable with that. There's gonna but be, if they th- don't speak gonna, up, right? If they don't speak up, how can how can they bring to light the lack of African American coaches getting, especially in Wilkes's case? Wilkes is looking for a second chance. With a better organization, we've had three. Right, we've had three recently because Steve was in 2018. So we've had three instances now in the last five years where a, a black, a black, coach black has head been coach gets blown out in less after than one, one year. year or one year, but yeah. the organization's own mediocrity has something yeah. to do
3: with that. And, and here's how I always at least reason with that: is that they're terrible organizations. Number one. Number one, and you say this all the time, that black coaches sometimes have to take jobs that others won't take, That's whether true. it be on the collegiate yes. level, whether it be maybe on, on the NFL level, right? Uh, if, if say, D'Amico Ryans, who is supposedly favored to go to Denver, decides to take the Houston job, for whatever reason, D'Amico Ryans would be the third straight black head coach hired by the Houston Texans. Would they fire a third after
1: one. If you I, I doubt it. But but if but you're how, could, how do you take that job without knowing? If you are D'Amico Ryan's, your your celebrity as a defensive coordinator. And your and your work resume right now, is as good as it's going to be. You don't have to lower yourself to take that Houston Correct. job. Correct. Don't take it. Correct. I, I
3: and, I, Don't would agree, put yourself and I, I would in a agree. position to go there. A guy like
1: Wilkes, though,
3: may be so desperate and possibly angry to prove everyone wrong and to prove th- that he might take job. A, 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 and I'm not saying he's a candidate for that job, but I'm just saying he, he D'Amico Ryans is in a position to say, uh uh-uh, uh, no no chance. I'm not doing it. A guy like Steve Wilkes is so bitter right now, so angry right now, overall that he might be willing to take a bad situation to try and again prove somebody wrong. That, but, but, but then, in in essence, are you proving somebody wrong, or are you proving the organization that hires you and gives that chance right? And this is what I always struggle with. Okay. Let, 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 he me just, went let, let me just let me just 6 and 6 i know
1: with no quarterback I
3: and, and no McCaffrey for a lot, lot of that I, he listen he did a great job but uh, he, here's the problem he's a defensive guy number 1 he's older and he's a black man okay so he's got three strikes against him okay and if he would have won the division and this is unfair if he would have won the division
1: he would have gotten that job he apparently. I don't think you can say that for certain I, I, because I, they would have won the division as a team with an under 500 record. I understand so that. You but you can't there guarantee been... that Carolina. Look, David Tepper's trying David Tepper's trying to, you know. I understand. I, I'm actually surprised that they hired Frank Reich. Okay. Because S- I thought Tepper would try to go even higher in terms of the celeb. Like, they didn't even interview Sean Payton a second time, right. it looks like. Right, right. When but, he was but scheduled I, but, to get a second interview. But I think
3: that's because they realized not only was he going to cost $25 million, but also that he wanted full control of personnel, and he's got a general manager and Fitterer there. And then on top of that, he was going to have to pay probably two first-round picks, maybe even more, because that's in division with New Orleans. That was never happening, in, in, in my eyes, unless unless Tepper was so desperate to make a splash. And, and that's a bad move, too. Just one quick thing that I'll say— I think Steve Wilkes would have had a much better argument, a much better stand here to scream and cry and and whine and, and, and blast away if Kellen Moore would have gotten that job. Instead of
1: Frank Wright. yes, I, I, yes, I. That's that was my point. And the he was close. Hiring of the hiring of Reich, Reich at least has a resume. It's a positive resume. Yes, he's won more than ten games twice, and right. and went nine and eight in another year. Correct. So there is resume. He's an over five hundred right. coach. If Kellen Moore gets that job today,
3: I understand. One hundred percent. Beyond one hundred percent. But again. I can't be pissed again, if I'm Frank those Wright. those that
1: know. want to champion on behalf of guys like David Culley, Lovie Smith. Steve Wilkes now, I will say this, at least this year, at least the last two years, we had Urban Meyer get blown out after one year, and we had Nathaniel Hackett right. get blown out after one year. Both less than one year, actually. Exactly. So, at least, at least there is some precedent now on the other side mm-hmm. for coaches that are not doing a good job to get blown out instead of saying, oh, no, we're going to give... You know, Nathaniel, another year to get this right. So it's the firing of a coach after one year has almost come now at the expense of David Culley, Steve Wilks, Lovey Smith. Now everybody's doing it. If it looks like it's a, you know, crap show that's being perpetrated by the head coach on the job where they look overmatched as a head coach. It's just taken us a while to see that happen on the other side. But you, you can understand why the people that represent Steve Wilkes, Brian Flores, Lovey Smith, David Culley, you can see why those men are angry. It's the same thing we talk about with Eric Biennium. He's interviewed 15 times. How many times do you have to interview the guy? I mean, 15 interviews, 14 different teams. The Jets have interviewed him twice, and yet they won't do it. Yet they won't hire the guy. Maybe – maybe but. And Eric we're going, B. Enemy we're going has, too far. maybe
3: there's a problem here beyond just race. We know that there's a problem with race. Maybe there's a problem with Eric B enemy. I don't know. I don't know.
1: I mean, he interviews 15 times. I understand that. But maybe there's a problem with Eric Bieniemy. Well, the, the problem with Eric Bieniemy is he's black and he meets the Rooney Rule requirement when you interview him. I see. I
3: I don't. I That's I, what it is. I, like, lots of guys. Lots of guys fit that profile. I understand. Lots of guys
1: understand. fit that profile. Understand.
3: He's got a couple of things against him. All a, he's not the primary play caller. B, he's got a
1: checkered past. All the Rooney Rule says is we, we have to interview them. I understand that. The league I, I is don't even buy that. say I mean the league is even saying now if you hire if you hire them especially as coordinators you get compensatory picks. So I mean there's every incentive for an owner to hire a, a qualified African American coach. There's plenty of incentive out there. I, I mean if I'm Steve Wilkes, if I'm Lovie Smith, if I'm David Culley, of course I'm pissed. Of course. They have every right to be angry. They've been embarrassed in front of all their colleagues getting fired after one freaking year. 301-230-0980. Touchdown at 10 is next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.